0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: They'll spend time speaking about different goddesses from all over the world, paying attention to the ancient reverence of long ago cultures and infusing it with a modern perspective. Elvira Phoenix, take it away.
0: Here we well, go. <laughs> Here we are.
2: So we want to say we are really, really sorry that last week did not take place, either in the form of our show that we had scheduled or any kind of rerun. It seems that blog talk locked us out. It froze and we Although couldn't do anything. Although
0: there
3: are a few people who heard maybe 10 minutes of us trying to figure out what was wrong with the freaking system. So for Really? You all, oh, well. I hope you had a good laugh.
2: Yes, <laughs> we we are trying to institute a new sound system with mics and professional headgear and all the rest of it from two different locations, and um, what can we tell you? It, it will be – it's a work in progress, but we're back here just because we are tenacious enough to find other means to do it. Yes. Yes, so – but um, – and I guess we can always start our famous, you know, start of, well, how was your week? So we could maybe go, how was our week and a half? Since we never got around to it last week. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Are, are you are you asking? I am asking. Yes, I am.
2: Okay. I am asking. Okay. How was your week and okay. a half?
3: See you next. Well, Elvira. Yeah. Uh, well, I got a tattoo today, so that's all I really care about. Um oh, wow. I started my piece for Dionysus and uh it's just so beautiful, I can't stop looking at it. It's on my legs so I can actually see it, unlike many of my other pieces that are you know, on my my back is covered and my shoulders so I don't see all of that very often. But but
0: mm-hmm.
3: he's just so pretty and I can't wait. I oh. have an for the next few months to work on shading and colouring and all that fun stuff, but
2: I'm just in love
3: right now with my new tattoo. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I'm glad oh, that know. love blooms in spring. <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. Well, that's good. That's good. And I know that you're coming up to your daughter's graduating high school. So, you know, mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons why we're not actually in the same location. Um, right. Because you you are either carless or responsible for things and we kind of have done this so um, I think that's an awesome experience coming up yeah it's very weird (laughs) I said the same thing when my daughter graduated and now after having had her get married and have a baby and I mean it's still kind of like oh my god really and then you know but anyway so that's actually she she's got you know things going on in her world too that make me feel old but it's a good thing and i know that it'll be exciting and all so how are the how's the store doing i mean every time i go in there i see all these beautiful stones and all these beautiful mm-hmm. statues and i mean mm-hmm. you just have gone to town
3: yeah, well, you know, lots of Venus in my chart. I'm all about making things pretty and beautiful and uh, all that fun stuff. So, yeah, I mean, things are good. I'm super busy. I'm um, actually, I'm on a computer right now. Let me pull up my document. I am 36,550 words into my second book with Llewellyn. Uh, well, congratulations. And today I, thank you. And uh, it looks like, um, Guyon, my partner, and I um, put in a proposal for a book together, and it looks like that is likely to happen. And then just today, I got struck by the divine writing news, and I came up with a whole other idea that has not been covered in any book as far as I know, except for like little side notes, and mm-hmm. I, I'm going to run with it. We'll see. So there may be two more books coming out of me. Who knows? We'll see. So I'm, I'm very ah. um, productive and creative, and I would like to hold that thread as long as I possibly
2: can. <laughs> I totally get that completely. It's kind of interesting how, how we get kind of in that, and then it's like everything else falls by the wayside, and some of it is mm-hmm. you know important to keep a head on, but, gee, creative Absolutely. stuff just takes you over. I know that. Yeah.
3: So, no, yeah.
2: How's your life doing? But, well, you know, it's it's doing. I've been outside of today being a ton of little errands that had to get done because, you know, whenever I organize the days that I actually have to do errands, that I'm not working at either Lucky Mojo or Milk and Honey or trying to, you know, put our show together. <laughs> um it tends to mean I have to sit a bunch of things in and you know the same thing. And I keep dropping, like we get all but this one here and we say, well, I'll get that in the you know, tomorrow or the next day and the next day never comes along. So I had a bunch of these little things that I had to go run around and do and I had lunch with a very dear friend of mine and we actually chatted about the subject matter today and then kind of finished off everything and came back and it's um, been very productive with clients, and um, interesting enough, uh, there are times when clients need to experience things without having you as a reader or practitioner um, alongside of them, like taking the training wheels off and kind of letting them kind of go down the road a bit, and that's been happening a fair amount recently with some of mine, and I'm happy because some of them are, you know, they're doing beautifully. So they're, they're, they're like scared, but they've they've achieved some really in, incredible things, and I think that um, I'm real proud of them. So it it makes me feel good when it's kind of like, oh, look, you're taking off, that kind of thing. So that's been part of it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, spring is is really kind of making me antsy, <laughs> and a part of me is like almost ready to to start putting things together and, and moving, literally moving out of the state. I'm like, my brain is like going, how can I do this now? You know, I mean, it's like, Oh, you know, but I'm more realistic in some ways. And I guess that's good because I've done way too many of those, you know, let's put a show together and take off down the road. And this is a little more of a, uh, concerted effort, but um, I am looking forward to seeing my granddaughter and daughter and all their family when it comes time to go there in the summer. So, But okay. other than that, I'm just glad that, you know, we've got nice weather and, you know, some of the things that we've been experiencing here in this area have calmed down. Yeah.
0: Um,
2: so, yeah, I mean, that's a good part. And I don't know, it's just, it just seems like there, though there is a lot out there in the world that is very disturbing, um, It's. I feel there's a sense of movement coming and good, not mm. bad, not disastrous. Mm. So maybe that's, you know, why spring is so important <laughs> is that you start reevaluating, yep. going, it's life again, it's life, you know, that kind of thing as opposed to Dreary and drudgery and awful and whatever. And we do need yeah. to, to mention that the um, Hoodoo Heritage Festival will be May 11th and 12th. It will be the um, the last one that Miss Cat hosts at her location. I have no right. idea. She's been hinting at that it doesn't. It, it, that there may not be the last last of the whole thing, but that she is stepping back now from that. Um, she will right. be doing her apprenticeship uh, week beforehand, and she wanted us to give a shout-out to that and, you know, the, the event happening, of course. So we will put that out there right up front. Yeah. And, um, there is I will actually there one
3: on, other hmm? big announcement there oh, is good. one other big announcement
2: beyond the Hoodoo
3: Heritage Festival. This is our 100th mm-hmm. episode. Oh, my
0: gosh. Way. but Okay, oh, we got oh, bells. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I,
2: I saw that. I saw 100. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. It was like my brain just went over and saw, oh, I have to get connected.
0: <laughs> right. Oh,
2: my God, 100. Well, it feels good to be 100, you know, feels good we're spry. Okay. So, All right. and I feel that this is good and we've got several really wonderful episodes that we have been working on for the next few months. So there's going to be a lot of interesting subject matter we'll cover them.
3: Absolutely.
2: Mhm. And speaking of subject matter, what is our subject matter for today?
3: Today, we will be discussing Aspecting, also known as possession, also known as trance, also known as channeling, also known as being ridden, a.k.a. probably Uh a million other things. (laughs)
2: Right, right, definitely, definitely, yay, okay. So, and of course, you know, in it's interesting because in all cultures of indigenous Mm -hmm. uh, spirituality, There is the concept of this and the actual experience of this being uh, taken and done. And uh, so it's interesting that for us as as witches, uh, originally, (laughs) I don't think about the idea of being ridden was a bad thing, but of course it was demonized along with a lot of everything else. But... Um, and I think the, the revisioned word aspecting helps take mm-hmm. it out of that kind of, you know, uh, what do we want to call it? F- scary, kind of like, ooh, you know, that kind of thing. Of course, the other thing is possession is, you know, another one of those words that has been created to mean a lot worse than maybe it originally was when it was being done, and that way. Right.
1: Yeah.
2: So, um so, give me your thoughts on, on this because I know there's um, there, there are different levels, there are things to get started mm-hmm. with, how to do it, you know, in terms of that. Do you want to pick a uh, a history of where, you know, something has started for our culture, our, you know, our particular spirituality, or go for it? I'm letting you open the door.
0: Oh, right.
3: Uh, well, and this is the topic, um, I, I'm going to use the term aspecting for what i'm just about to talk about but i think it would be helpful to talk about some of these different layers and and in the reclaiming tradition of witchcraft we use aspecting as a tool to mm-hmm. work with and communicate with deity with with different gods so aspecting does require a belief in gods uh, and that i know mm-hmm. that it's not everyone's Um, reality. Not everyone believes in deities. There's lots of atheist pagans and that is all fine but this Mm -hmm. practice requires a belief in in other entities out there Uh, and so this is something I teach classes on. This is something I've done many times personally. This is something I have a lot of experience with and it's definitely an advanced tool. This isn't something that should be taken lightly. This isn't something that should be played with. Um, if you are someone that suffers with different kinds of mental illness issues, this is something to to maybe put off until you feel balanced and solid because it can definitely throw you off if you already have some imbalances. Um, Mm
0: -hmm.
3: So, you know, I want to really preface our further conversation with this is not a a joke or a trick or something to just mess
2: around with. This is um,
3: bigger magic.
2: Right. Right. And I totally agree because, you know, and we'll both express our feelings and and where we, you know, what we have done or what we haven't done, but it is something that needs to be taken very seriously and it is, as you say, advanced and if there is issues that, you know, you are dealing with, um, this is something that needs to be First of all, worked with another priestess or a high, you know a a mentor, someone who can um, work with you and help you uh, determine if and when this is something to be utilized in your practice.
0: Absolutely. All
2: right. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, that's our good warning. I appreciate that one coming up front because, you know, after I I started doing, you know, again, you know, we get in, we look at things, we read about them, we do our research, you know, it may be something we've already experienced and all, but you've got to get a bigger picture as much as you can. And I'm like, looking at this going, okay, well, this is just one of those Mm -hmm. things, like, especially when you use the word possession, (laughs) 'Cause yeah. you know, I'm thinking, oh my God, they've been made
0: movies about
2: this, oh yes, mm-hmm. you know, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. So mm-hmm. um so yes, that is a a very important uh warning to be given. Yeah. So having taken that seriousness, now let us plunge farther I guess and, and discuss what aspecting is.
3: Yeah. So um I think it's helpful to kind of go through the layers, and this is usually where I start when i when I do a, a workshop on this topic and just to sort of even be more clear on that, when I teach on this topic, it's a weekend intensive it's something that we do starting Friday night and work through until um sunday evening so that, and then it's even an introduction, <laughs> so I just want to be really clear advanced um, mm-hmm. level stuff but Like Elvira said, cultures all over the world do some sort of practice in this regard. Uh, Even the Christian faith does this. Like the whole concept, uh, or Catholics, the whole concept of communion really is possession. Because they imbue Mm -hmm. the bread and the wine with the spirit of Christ, and then you eat that. You are taking his spirit into your body and letting him live in your body. That and it, isn't it called like transmorfication or something like that. Yes, it I don't is know. transmorphication. Yes, yes. It, that is a process of of sharing your body with the Holy Spirit. That is possession. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's mm-hmm. light. It's a light possession. You know, Jesus isn't controlling your body and taking you to the grocery store or anything, but um, but that <laughs> is on the light end of things, and and even just a guided meditation can sometimes be a level of trance. You may even have a a very devoted relationship with a deity and you can feel their presence. You might feel Hecate on your shoulder, giving you a message or suggesting doing Mm -hmm. something different than what you're doing or encouraging you to keep doing what you're doing, what have you. But that influence, that feeling of, of an, an entity beyond yourself, that is part mm-hmm. of, of aspecting. That's, that's a light possession. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm.
1: And
3: then we have this concept of aspecting, which in the reclaiming tradition is you um, negotiate with the spirit you're going to allow to possess your body. And you decide mm-hmm. how much of your body they can use, what they can take over, and how much of your own spirit stays present right we try to we very 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 rarely in reclaiming is ever someone 100 percent possessed in fact that's kind of looked down upon because you don't want to ever um the goddess made me do it is never a valid excuse ever um however in saying that if we go to some of these other systems of spirituality like in the Buddin faith and in some of the other afro-caribbeans and african traditions there is full possession. And typically, mm-hmm. full possession happens after hours and hours of drumming and dancing and chanting and calling to that spirit and that entity and that deity. It doesn't just happen like, oh, I'm invoking Hecate and here she is. You would spend a whole day in ritual before Hecate would even show up. Uh, so that right. full possession is heavy uh, and it takes a lot of Practice and it takes a lot of intention and and ritual setup for something like that to happen. Mhm. Mhm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes.
2: Yes. And obviously, uh, you know, it's funny you said the goddess um, told me to do it. It was it was funny because mm-hmm. that was something I was discussing <laughs> with. Um, my my friend and it's kind of like well when you get into that place where that kind of full possession takes over and you're told you know there's things that are just are brought out or or quote told to others or to yourself to to you however it's like that becomes the same thing in what we are looking at in our particular day and age as dare I say it without going political, into structures and belief systems of how we are supposed to be. So we are told to do this and that is a justification that is no more valid in any of the traditions to do the kinds of horrid things that have been done in the name of whatever religion or deity.
0: Mm -hmm. It's a a real hot topic
2: for me because I get really upset that it is, we were talking about taking responsibility and you as a human being in this body, that's part of the whole process of taking responsibility for your actions, for what you do. And it isn't because um, you were told to do it by some entity or Mm
0: -hmm. even
2: what we've seen as, as, governments telling people they need to do this and they go do these horrible atrocities and terrible things and and you just kind of go we have to take more responsibility to coexist together and i think that basis is part of what i personally feel gets put into the the process of aspecting and the levels that you go you know you choose to go to right. or go into that's my block. Yeah, and
3: I think that's why in reclaiming it is frowned upon to do um, any deep transpossession where you are no longer holding any awareness because body, right. body from spirit, the goddess did not make you do it. Right. In a full possession mm-hmm. situation where you go in the waiting room and the, the god takes over your body completely, uh, that is a highly moderated and controlled environment. So even if the right. god those to push your body beyond your physical limits. There are handlers, wranglers, however you might phrase that, that are watching and there and helping to make sure that no one gets hurt. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, saying mm-hmm. you're going to go into a full trance possession in your home when you're alone is just stupid. It's dangerous. It's exactly. not something to do.
0: Yeah. Right.
2: Right. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's that. And there's a reason There's a reason we are communal and the communal uh, aspects of our spirituality is uh, a process because we will all, you know, you're like you say, wranglers, handlers, um, people that, you know, there's a whole nother side of, you know, anchoring energy in rituals, in formats that you're doing, you know, I have gone to the Unitarian Universalist Church and the Spirit, uh, Church of Religious Science, and, you know, they have people who are anchors, who basically sit during service and anchor, you know, the energies and moderate what comes, you know, it's is like keeps things in a container and allows the experience, but, you know, is, they're also part of the experience as well. So um, this particular... Uh spiritual process is very important to know you need you really do need another individual within the context of where you are if you're going to do this right
3: absolutely and then yeah. again i'm going to return to reclaiming over and over again because mm-hmm. that's you know my main training in this process is we have someone called um oh and, and now my brain's going to decide to stop working a tender oh so there's a whole whole. <laughs> If, if you're in a ritual where we're going to invite deity to, to, into an aspecting peace, that priestess, and I'm using priestess as a gender neutral term, I just want to be clear about that, priestess could be a, someone of any gender, that priestess will mm-hmm. pick someone to be their tender, someone that they know will keep an eye on them, will know what their agreements are, will chase them through the woods if need be to make sure they're not mm-hmm. doing something that their body can't do and help them return to their body when it's time to let go. Um, right. Because it is hard to, it's hard to leave your body for some people. It's hard to let a deity take over. And then for others, it's hard to come back. It's hard to tell the deity it's time to go and to take your body back over. And having a, a, a tender, a wrangler, a, a someone to help with that process is just as important as the priestess who is being ridden or going into aspects.
0: Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: So now you were talking about levels, um and I yeah. don't know if you were, you know, what levels you're talking about. Like, there's a first and a second and a third and a fourth. Is it? Is there more? Is there like, a, you know, like one, two, three, four, five levels, or or what? In terms of reclaiming? No,
3: I. So, I mean, I sort of look at it as, and these are. This is so my made up idea. um It's not. You're like, <laughs> not going to read this in any book. At least I don't think. Uh, the way I look at it is the first level is inspirational. So that's when you hear Hecate's voice, you get inspired, you feel the um, the energy of that deity. Like it's almost like wearing mm-hmm. them like a jacket, you know? Mm-hmm. Their influence mm-hmm. is there and palpable, but they're not in control. It's, it's inspirational. Then mm-hmm. there's aspecting, which is... Um, Negotiation, deciding how much of you will go away and how much of them will come in, and then there's the third level, which is full on possession. So it, the way I look at it is sort of these three layers. There's the, mm-hmm. the light, the medium, and the the full on. <laughs> yeah.
2: Okay. All right. Good. Well, that makes you know that makes sense because I know that um, for me. I would have to say I have you know my I draw a line uh, with you know the full possession I stick mm-hmm. to you know more inspirational and you know the negotiating part of it uh, those would be where I go and I think for me it feels much more uh, viable to be part of it but not to step aside and I think that's one of the other reasons why and I will share my side note of channeling people that Mm -hmm. I have known who who channel, which is another version. It's, 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 um, it's one that doesn't have a, how do I put this? It isn't set up for a spiritual process. It's more of a one that people who are uh, out there to help others, they will channel. And then, you know, that word is used as a, less um, loaded uh, word to talk about this. And um, I never fully felt that my word, I could use the word channel in the manner that it was being used because honestly, if I look at it, I feel I, you know, if I am in, if I am able to, I channel as much as I can on a daily basis, I am part of what I'm doing. So I'm part spirit and I'm part, reality, you know, the real world. But that's how I look at it. But could never go into the total possession. It was never something that felt comfortable for me.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I but get that. I know and I that...
3: don't do full possession either. Um,
0: mm-hmm. There's
3: been one experience, because uh, I've done aspecting, hmm, Maybe a dozen times total in the last decade, maybe, -hmm. maybe a dozen, maybe not even that many. Um, But I guess the thing I want to say about that, and I'm going off of what I was about to say, but I kind of, that's how my brain works sometimes. Mm, No, okay, I'm sorry. I'm going to pause that and we'll come back to that because it's a whole topic that will take us sideways if (laughs) if I say that. (laughs) Uh, there's only been one time where I was in aspect and it probably got very close to full possession, but that's with Mm -hmm. a deity that I am devoted to and have deep relationship with. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and even then it was terrifying and too much. Mm
0: hmm.
2: Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, um, and then you know, so with the three layers that you talk about you know, and that mm-hmm. you know, you're familiar with and you work with um then from there uh we have those, so how do you prepare how how do you prepare mm-hmm. to to do this yeah,
3: yeah, so preparation is the it's super important and it's it doesn't matter if it's any of the levels. I feel preparation is super important. And the first thing is knowing the, the spirit you are inviting in. Uh, if you've never worked with, I'm just using Hecate. She's, she's who is going to be my sample goddess tonight. If you've never worked with Hecate She appreciates Hecate that. Ever, <laughs> yes, uh-huh. Yeah, she's good. She likes it. But if you've never worked with her, you don't know anything about her, you're completely unfamiliar with the Greek system at all, you shouldn't be trying to aspect Hecate. It's just a bad idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. A, you're not going to have a very interesting experience because you don't have any context, and B, it's kind of rude. Um, mm-hmm. So the the first step is to have have at least a conversation, a relationship started, read their stories, know them, have introduced yourself to them, be working with them on some intimate level, uh, have a basic understanding of the culture they come from, uh, how, you know, have done some amount of work to have relationship with this entity before you invite them in to take over your body. You know, it's, it's right.
2: good spiritual hygiene. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah.
2: Definitely. Yeah. I mean, again, we look at any of the cultures, and, you know, uh, my friend is working with the shamanic tradition, and she's, you know, she's done some really intense work, and I think she's really good. And um, you have to be able to know who you're working with, and what you're going to do. So, you know, the, the preparation mm-hmm. that you talk about, knowing the spirit that you're working with, or knowing how to work in the, the particular environment you're going to be working in is really important. And I think that's another reason why um, the concept of just jumping right in is like, uh, no, 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 no. You, you definitely need to get into learning who you're, who you're mm-hmm. going to be working with. Yeah. Yep.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And and then there is a different traditions have different beliefs about, you know, the day of the ritual. And, and some traditions you might want to take some time to be in meditation and really be quiet and introspective that day. You may want to do a whole ritual in devotion to that spirit, that deity for the day. Some traditions there is a, uh, purification process of of not eating and not and only drinking water or drinking specific herbal teas that are in alignment with that deity. Uh, going uh-huh. on a fast of of words and not speaking too much. Uh, so there are ways to ready your body as though you are readying a temple to invite a spirit in. You know, it, some of it is just
0: uh-huh.
3: obvious if you start thinking uh-huh. of, of your body as the temple where the god will live. You know.
0: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm.
2: Yeah, 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 and I, you know, I think of, um, I think of any of the times that I have done intense rituals or um, been in retreat to do uh, group work, and Mm -hmm. it is about just that. It's finding, it's not just what this is said to do. What I, you know, we need to go do da 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 da, but it is about clearing yourself, preparing yourself, um, just like, okay, we're going to go to the prom and we're going to go ahead and we're going to get our hair done and we're going to get our nails done and we're going to wash our bodies and we're going to perfume it. We're going to put all this makeup on and then we're going to put the fancy dress on and then mm-hmm. we're ready to go. You know, it's the same thing, but without all of the, you know, the, the first stage is cleaning our bodies, cleaning ourselves, yeah. preparing and separating ourselves from the the everyday world a step away, not necessarily hiding or hibernating or, you know, doing it in that way. But peace of you has to step back from what you're doing out there to start becoming centered and focused on what you will be doing with the spirit or the deity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's definitely, yeah. know, I mean, I agree with that. And it, it's... um different ones and different times we've gone through. I think we, we all have our stories about those parts of what it is that we do for each particular deity or ritual or, you know, process is, you know, sometimes we feel we need to, as you say, not talk so much or we don't eat certain things or we, you know, but again, when you start thinking about what you're doing is you're clearing away things, both, in body and mind and spirit to become more of a vessel whether that's to whatever level you're going to let the the, the deity come in but as a yes. as a vessel just you know the same way yep. you wash your dishes <laughs> absolutely and
3: it's a gift yeah. it's yeah. a gift to the deity they don't have physical bodies and mm-hmm. having a physical mm-hmm. body is pretty there are things that we get to do with a physical body that we take for granted that a deity doesn't have access to unless they share our body. And mm-hmm. we are not evolved spiritual beings. We're just dumb old freaking humans. And sharing our body with a deity gives us a moment of spiritual connection that is deeper and more profound than we might experience otherwise. So it's a beautiful gift Mm -hmm. to share with a deity, especially one that you're devoted to or you're looking to deepen a relationship with. Uh, Oddly Mm -hmm. enough, we're having this conversation tonight when I got my Dionysus tattoo this morning because that's one of the gods I have aspected, and that's why my relationship with him is the intense relationship it is, is because Mm -hmm. of the transpossession I've done with him on more than one occasion, and it's... um, you know, it's like taking your relationship status from dating to now being
2: lovers. You know? Right. It's, right. It's a big right. deal. It is a big deal and it is something that, you know, we we honor. Just I mean, you know, speaking, you know, it's kind of like we're gonna have to take a break for just a split second here. I was looking at our time yeah. going, Oh my God Um, or Goddess. Uh the <laughs> process is is that All of the spiritualities that we we haven't touched, you know, I mean, we've talked about communion. We have speaking in tongues in the Christian traditions. We have, you know, the full-on possessions in voodoo and, you know, all of the um, African-Caribbean traditions and spiritualities. Mm -hmm. And each one of the groups have this time, as we say, of preparing to do what they do and then stepping into that space be that you know a a cleared and sacred space and then their own cleared and sacred space within themselves and um definitely part of that is to have your your wrangler to have somebody who's there to check you and work with you and and kind of help you know put the 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 uh like loving arms way out so that in case you fall they they can catch you and help you. Right. So um that's another part of preparation is to get to know your wrangler, you know, to get to know
0: mm-hmm. the person
2: that will be your tender or the person that will be, you know, that other part of what's going on with this whole process with you. So,
3: yeah. Absolutely.
2: Okay. So anything you want to say right. uh more before we we split to the the imperative more than likely uh break that we get. <laughs>
3: Well, I'm sure there is a million more things I would would like to say, but I will uh, wait until we get back
0: from the break. (laughs) Okay,
2: break time. We'll be back.
0: Okie doke
1: You're listening to The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Stay tuned as more magic is coming your way right after these messages. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Condraman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 430 the Crystal Silence League Hour with John Saint Germain, Tuesdays five to six. Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays four to five. And The Witch, The Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays six to seven. All times Pacific. Add three hours for Eastern. Sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. <laughs>
2: I always love We're that back. little introduction then. We're back! <laughs> okay.
0: okay,
2: well, nodding our little heads like Jeannie and moving onward. One of the things I did find which was fascinating into, you know, when we do this kind of a thing, part of the preparation is to either have a cloak, a shawl, something mm-hmm. that is, represent, that is that that connects you to, a, the fact that you are going to do this. It's a separation. Right. It's like when you're doing theater, and it's not that this is theater in a negative sense, but you have certain things you put on that you become the character. Well, you need something to connect you with what you're doing. Like I'm stepping into this space. And I'm prepared. I have this. This represents my um, my process of opening to the deity, here we are. So I yeah. thought that reading that was really, because we do that when we do our own rituals. We have ritual clothes. We have things that we love to wear during the time that represent that special process. And this is even more so because it is specific to whatever deity we are going to be aspecting. Right. Right. Right.
3: And there are ways um, to, you mentioned a cloak specifically, and that triggered this in my head. There is this, uh, sometimes we call it pasta cloak aspecting, where you invoke the spirit of a deity into an object. Instead Mm -hmm. of putting Mm -hmm. it, instead of calling it into your body, you put it into the object, and then you can put the object on. Or if you're Mm -hmm. in a ritual where you want everyone to have the experience of being with that God in a more deep, Um, process and more individual. Mm -hmm. I have weird feelings. Okay, so this is a side note really quick. Um, I've been in rituals where someone has been in aspect and people, the participants are to go up to that person in aspect and commune with a deity and have a a one-on-one conversation or to Mm -hmm. make an offering or to uh, make a pledge or something like that, and I find those types of rituals very uncomfortable um, mm-hmm. because it, because the priestess is still there, and I'm uncomfortable venerating priestesses and priests and and leaders because that's what mm-hmm. Christians do. That's that's not that's not what paganism and witchcraft is about. Um, right. So I'm uncomfortable in those types of rituals. However, in a more non hierarchical type ritual. If you imbue a cloak, let's say, with the spirit of Hecate, then you can pass that cloak around and everyone gets an opportunity to be inspired by the power of Hecate and speak with Hecate's voice and share wisdom from Hecate through you as a filter. Because at the end Mm -hmm. of the day, no matter what type of aspecting or possession we're talking about, your priestess filter is going to somehow be engaged. There's no way Mm -hmm. to avoid that. Uh, And and you you just have to know that it's going to come through your filter because it's your body. Your body is going to filter the information.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
3: sorry. And then I got on my little sidebar and I forgot the trajectory of our conversation.
2: (laughs) It's okay. No, 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 because that is part of the process. I mean, if you're going to prepare and then you get yourself set up and then it starts to happen, there is this part that we've walked into in our little conversation here of kind of down the road is part of this. Is that It really is the centerpiece of what we prepared for, what we've gotten organized for and, and put ourselves ready for, and then there you are. If this is part of something that is being done or is a uh, particular part of the ritual that is happening, that is true to remember that you you – as a priestess, you will still be part of hearing and, and there will be this part of you that no matter how much of an observer you are,
0: <laughs> you
2: still are there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so there are things that um, it's, it's, it's difficult, and I feel you're right, it's uncomfortable. It, it makes it mm-hmm. uh, more like a, a confessional in In the sense of of you know going in and, and kind of here I am, I've done this, and I'm going to do this because this is how and i mean and that's that's a little bit um I don't know it it does it feels not okay, but it doesn't mean that other people don't feel good about it. I just think that there's a there's a boundary line that you kind of are wavering between, so it uh definitely is something to bring up and for people to think about. I mean, this is, you know, do you wish to, when you aspect, if you're going to do this, would you put yourself in this situation? And thus, right. with that consciousness, this is what you're going to have to expect. Part of you is going to hear right. this. Part of you is going to be a part of this. And when you come right. out, part of you is going to remember it.
0: Yep, Absolutely. So,
2: yeah, but um, and then you know, obviously the experience itself, and and then once you've gone through the experience, how getting how do you get back home, so to speak, into mm-hmm. you know the dynamics? Mm-hmm. So what has been your experience on how to do this, or how would you suggest? Yeah.
3: Well, you know, I am um, I am very earthbound. I am very lo- as a human, I am very logical and. Um, very skeptical, so I have a hard time going. I don't have a hard time coming back. However, <laughs> even in saying that, like like I mentioned, my relationship with Dionysus is quite intense, and the second time I aspected Dionysus, I did have a hard time coming back. Um, you know and it is partially the responsibility of your handler, wrangler, tender, whatever to really thank that deity for coming to visit and devoking mm-hmm. them, right? Just like you would invoke in a ritual, even if no one is in Aspects, you would still say thank you for coming, thank you for bringing your energy, and hail and farewell, right? You want to do that mm-hmm. same process with someone in aspect, But also it's about waking up your spirit. If, you're, if your awareness has been in the waiting room, which is the term I use, if your awareness has been in the waiting room, how do you know that it's time to come back? How do you know how, that your number is being called? And it's engaging your thinking self, your talking self, your, um, your ego, right? You have to mm-hmm. re-engage your mm-hmm. ego. So it's, it's asking questions about you and your life, um, stupid and silly questions. What's your phone number? Um, what is your pet's name? When did you last go to the bathroom? Asking questions mm-hmm. about your body will wake up your ego and your talking self, right? So that's the first step. Mm-hmm. And then it's about mm-hmm. physical self care, eating food, drinking water. You know, in Harry Potter, they talk to the dementors, what, you need to eat chocolate afterwards. That's like, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. it's really good to eat chocolate afterwards. Um, <laughs> so it, it's those ways. Yeah. It's addressing the spirit and then the body. Mhm mhm. Yeah. And it
2: would be a good idea that you know one you take the the item off of you that represented the the dawning of this energy and communing with it and then bringing something that is familiar to you. Um mm-hmm. you know an object or um, you know for me it's always stuffed plush toys that are my favorites. They kind of get me right back. Right. It's like, "Oh, I love this figure." you know that kind of stuff. Um that particular thing. But, again, it as you say, bringing you back to you, what is your familiar right. you part of you kind of a thing. Right. So, um, yeah. yeah, I know that it, it – and walking around and, and kind of connecting to the earth and being part of you connecting, not the spirit connecting to the earth, but you connecting to the earth. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So – Absolutely.
2: But, um, it is a very profound experience. It's something that, in whether it's light to medium to dark processing, it is it it will it will always how do I put it? It leaves it leaves part of you your it gives you something and leaves a definite feel within your body. You are you've experienced something bigger um it's like standing at the grand canyon and being on that magnificent edge and seeing this huge beauty out there i think that's the feel mm-hmm. that having that kind of process of with the, with a deity with a spirit with that process it's it's like wow you know um
3: right yeah
2: awesome it's awe it's total awe
3: mhm absolutely mm-hmm. You know, yeah, and it's so. good, too, if if you're doing something for personal work with that deity or if you're looking for uh, your coven is doing personal work or whatever, it's good to have mm-hmm. a scribe, someone who can write down anything that's being said by the person and aspect so that you don't lose the thread. Because the tender might be so busy, and this isn't always the case because sometimes gods just like to sit still or are very calm. But my experience is... Uh, aspecting often happens at witch camps where the energy is so palpable because you've been stewing in this cauldron of magic for seven days. So it's
0: really mm-hmm, easy mm-hmm. to go into
3: trance possession. Uh, and the gods tend to like to move a lot. So sometimes the tender is busy, making sure that they're not running off or falling in the fire or whatever. So having a side <laughs> yeah. or someone that can take notes or afterwards writing down anything that was really important uh, or odd or interesting, both about what was said and about the aspector's mm-hmm. experience. Because sometimes there's an inner conversation happening, too. The deity mm-hmm. might be doing things or h- blessing people or sharing wisdom or doing oracling for a ritual. And in turn, mm-hmm. the deity is also talking to you and saying, you know, mm-hmm. hey, bitch, you need to get your shit together. Here's my advice, <laughs> you know? mm mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. so, yeah. Write that stuff down so you don't lose it.
2: Right, right. Yeah. And uh, there are moments. There are moments that will stay with you, and then things will fade. And if it's as Phoenix said, there are a lot of things that come in. It's imperative you write it down as much as you can. At, you know, in terms of chronicling what you what's been what you heard, what you what came mm-hmm. through as best you can. Um, and I think that's because it uh, it will be very intense, and then it'll, and then it'll, you know, kind of just kind of go, oh, you know, slump down, and then there is a point where you you yourself have to <sighs> rejuvenate and find right. uh, find things to to bring you into that other part. Because sometimes we come out of there so excited and so intense, and then we have the you know the great high and then the great low kind of a thing
0: mhm absolutely yeah. yeah
2: yeah but um so yeah it it it's been it, for me as a person having done these in different formats um i've had i guess it's interesting because i don't necessarily look at aspecting anymore as a because I don't do a lot of group rituals. I am, Mm -hmm. you know, much more solitaire these days, which, doesn't say I don't want to be out in groups or, you know, have a coven or have something that is where I have, I share it. It's just time hasn't permitted the Mm -hmm. the connections, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously another way of saying you need to be with yourself. Uh, Not that you're always happy about it, but um, (laughs) (laughs) sidebar. Uh, It's, it's, Mm -hmm. Because in a way, that becomes a living, breathing experience of you know walking down the path with with you and the deity or deities that you have a special um, connections with, uh, right. and sometimes they they uh, it's not like having a tea party, but it's funny because um, my granddaughter loves to have tea parties, and I found a little something or other on FaceTime when you do the fa- the messenger thing that had the Winnie the Pooh tea party and so it was like you you know it's like a little loop that runs through and they're all doing the little tea party and I personally feel sometimes that's what's happening uh, with me and my various deities and, and even the, the, the familiars and spiritual uh, guides that I have it's kind of like we have little tea parties sometimes in various strange ways but that's you know because i look at how i do it in a you know i do this differently and i do it the way it's comfortable for me but um it was it's very interesting i am very uh in awe of people who really choose to do this and really get into it and follow it all the way through and that up but you know I'm a little more like, no, I think I'll just stay in my body and have you guys kind of sit next to me and, and hang out with me. Right. So, um, so any any particular instances that you have of um, your own, you know, you said you were going to take a side note. We have a few minutes here we could take a side note with. So if there's oh, something we, you want to take. we got
0: back a...
3: around to it. We got back around to
2: it. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. good. See? Yeah. We, we, we have yeah. a tendency to start with a project that we're going to go, we're taking this subject, and we, we kind of do this. We meander, um, and we then yeah. go, oh, look at this little path over here that has these twigs we want to talk about. Um, <laughs> but I think that this is a subject that is a subject, but it's also experiential. So it's hard it to is. constantly, yeah. you know, you can't just, we can talk about certain things, but in reality, there's a point where you really have to get to the experience of it.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: oh. and
3: in that, you know, I think that, well, it's experiential, absolutely. And you can't fully grok just by reading about it or talking about it or thinking about it. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah,
3: mm-hmm. the, tra- the train left the station and the thought died. I don't remember where I was going with that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's it's definitely that means that the experience came, it went, and it wasn't necessary to go fully into it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess, That's but yeah, you know, we do. It's okay. Well, it'll either it'll come back around thorough, before we actually leave, and you'll you'll spring it on us, or it will go out to our our listeners in another form. You never know.
0: <laughs> we will we
2: will have communion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No pun intended. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that this is a, a, as you say, it's an advanced technique. It's advanced. It definitely requires mm-hmm. you to especially know know you, know yourself, um, not yeah. to, you know, we never know 100%, but really understand you so that when you step, when you allow that space to step aside, and let yourself be aside. You still, you you have a core of who you are that stays solid. And you know, I know that they've used terms of anchors, but I look at it as mm-hmm. you become part of your own anchor. You have to. Yeah, yeah. I remembered. Yeah. Ah, see, there you are.
3: About, yeah, it was about being skeptical because <laughs> I, yeah, ah, I said, well there. I I did say that I'm skeptical, and I and I believe I mean that I totally mean that, mm-hmm. uh, and okay. I I know that sometimes when I have talked about my experiences in being an aspect, um, it can sound insane. It can sound completely bonkers, to completely crazy. Uh, it could mm-hmm. sound like a schizophrenic episode. Like I understand all of these things, which is why at the very beginning I gave that cautionary tale about. You know, if you already have some chemical imbalances, you need to make sure you're super imbalanced before going down this avenue. Because it is right. super weird. And if, uh, you know, if reality is already difficult for you to maintain a grasp on, mm-hmm. uh, this could be very triggering. But I know, like, even when I teach this workshop, I have to preface it with, you know, questions will come up. And I might have personal anecdotes that I share. I might have personal experience or stories about different moments where I've been an aspect and this thing happened and even in telling the story of something I personally experienced I still have this voice that goes weird (laughs) this Mm -hmm. couldn't Mm -hmm. happen this way, it couldn't have happened this way this is really weird so Mm -hmm. I get too that this whole concept is is, it's strange this is a strange thing Mm
0: -hmm.
3: Um, and yet I've had some very odd and profound experiences doing this process that I wouldn't have had just through regular
2: meditation or through my regular Mm -hmm.
3: practice or through a regular ritual.
2: Right, right. Um, I know that, yes, because, and it was funny when you say that, because a long time ago in a land far, far away called Oregon, uh, when my friend and my the the friend we were visiting, we were three, a trinity of um, witches and we d- would come together for special times, especially Samhain. And we did one of our very first really high Samhain <laughs> rituals and we did scrying as a, a tool and we, different things happened to us, you know, to experiences and Um, for a very short space. It wasn't that I saw, but I became Sekhmet. And it was just a Mm -hmm. small space. And it happened, and I was looking, and I'm going, oh, my God. And I was, you know, I suddenly became part of what I saw, became part. And it was just a little bit. And um, as as things shifted, it was – and we had taken – I think we did mugwort tea, too, along with all of that. We Mm. were working on the concept of the Delphic Oracle, and we were kind of, you know, working there. And um, to this day, I know that wasn't what I saw. It was what I was and what happened and you know i don't tell people hi i was but for a few minutes <laughs> very rarely <laughs> do i do that um of course now i've told everybody on a radio show but right. the point yeah, here exactly. is is kind of um it's one of those things that you 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 kind of people will go uh-huh and uh, you know but uh it does happen and so you are right it 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 is that moment of, you know, is this really happening or did it really happen? And mm-hmm. I must be crazy right. if it did, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah uh,
0: absolutely. But
2: yes, yes, because we we are. How could we? And I guess in some ways, we are very open as a as you know, with witchcraft, with what we do, the pagan traditions. We have this this sense of of connections with spirit and the uh, earth and the and the beings of air light and water and all but sometimes uh i wonder if you know it's like people talk about speaking in tongues as part of an aspecting process and you know the different things and if you were looking out from outside in you would go that's Mm -hmm. really kind of like Schizophrenic or whatever, and and right. here I'm doing the same thing and talking about we talking about aspecting and becoming or taking on this, and we have to be very conscious that it is something that is not an everyday process, and we do need to be careful. And yet it is there; it is real. Yeah, absolutely. So yes, so I think I think we're somewhere like oh. at our time. <laughs> yes i'm not sure we are are. well next week we will hope that we have yes better working on our mics and equipment
0: but Mm -hmm.
2: and equipment our technology here is is leaping and growing um but we are doing magical mystical creatures are we not as our topic
3: we are that's
0: right Ooh, okay which is great because
2: i've been reading harry potter so i'm ready (laughs) <laughs> I understand. It's like if I start, if we start discussing the different kinds of creatures that come out of Harry Potter, we're going to yeah. have an interesting conversation. We're going to talk about the, blast for hours. Oh, yes, <laughs> we will. We will. At least we know one thing, <laughs> that our show, should we ever want to take it beyond that, we have, a, what, a two-hour, we have two hours. We could do an A and a B section if we get Yeah, expected. we
3: could go forever. Yeah,
2: I know, but... And yeah. some of those creatures I'm I would that. really like. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. But care and feeding is always a part of it. <laughs> and at that, I think I should probably take on our, our singular goodbyes so I can care and feed yeah. this poor little body. And I have two little puppies that probably are looking at me going, would you let us out and can we play with you now?
0: <laughs> so. Well, that's
2: it for tonight then.
0: Yes, it is.
2: We will see you on the radio next week on Friday. Have a wonderful week. Bye.